Hey gang, it's Harold. I'm podcasting to you from the bunker. In the interest of distracting myself and my gaming friends, I'm reaching out to some interesting people to ask them what they're doing game-wise. With such a big time dividend, I want to hear what they're playing, designing, or thinking about. No CNN, no CNBC, just games. My production obsession will have to be put on hold as I'm most interested in communicating with you rapidly and with some interesting content. This podcast documents a discussion I had with Rob Factor. Harold. Good morning, Rob. How are you? Good morning. What's up with you? Uh, man, I'm just getting getting out and about. It's um, you know, moving I'm moving a little slower these days. Yeah, we're hitting that age, man. I did a little bike ride this morning, but uh, immediately took a shower, and I'm good. I'm Holy good. Holy cow. You do more before 9 a.m. than most people do all day. <laughs> that sounds like a commercial for the Army. <laughs> it man. should be. Yeah, it should be. <laughs> Dude, um, you want to set me up on how you're going to, uh, you know, I know. You-, you know, the idea here is to provide some content for people that isn't CNN or CNBC. Yeah, and, total. And <clears throat> so I'm calling just people, friends and designers and other people, and just trying to figure out what are you doing during the break? What are you doing game wise? And um, and I got a, I got three ground rules if you'll accommodate me. Um, yeah. First of all, uh, no discussion of medical issues, conditions. Number two, no discussion of uh, politics. And then number yeah. three, please no discussion of financial markets. Yeah. Okay. So normal behavior. That's great. No problem. <laughs> That's right. Well, yeah. you know, certainly all the issues we hear enough of. Oh yes, on, on oh the God. news. If, if I accidentally slip into CNN, um, but uh, there it is. So, you know, would love to hear about what what have you been playing? What do you plan to play? Um, yep. What's your mode? Are you playing things solo? Or are you going to do um, Vassal or some other option? What, what's yeah. going on? Yeah, I, I figured that was it. Um, yeah, I mean, I've got plenty on the table, and uh, it's good. It, it was a timely, timely uh, reach out to me because, uh, yeah, I've got plenty of stuff going. And I'm, I'm uh, I guess I'm doing the same thing you are. I mean, really, I'm kind of avoiding the news. And in this house, um, yeah, we're just avoiding the frenzy. So uh, all your requirements are uh, pretty much apropos of uh, how we're behaving here, anyway. So it's cool. Good, good, good. Well, what, are so, you going to? Uh, I, I noticed that the call for Trevor. Are you going to call back so you can start like whatever? Or well, we can. You know, I'm going to edit some of our small talk out, but but we can we can start now. We're we're good to go. I've got everything I need. Uh, sound okay. levels are all good and it works. So what have you? Uh, what are, what are your plans? What have you been playing? What's going on, dude? Um, so probably like a lot of war gamers. Um, I've got a lot of solo stuff on the table and. Um, the break has given me an opportunity to explore lots of bot systems, lots of AI systems that, you know, I haven't been getting a lot of play in. I mean, you know, I've always had games like Coin for solo stuff, and my gaming group uh, traditionally is, it's pretty small. I mean, it's not infinitesimal, but I'm talking about maybe, you know, three people, four people, right? Uh, regular conflict simmers. Um, and those, you know, those instances are you know, maybe once every few weeks, right? So solo gaming is not something foreign to me at all. But like right now, uh, like yesterday, I was playing uh, Hollenspieler's uh, uh, NATO Commander, you know, by Brad Smith. Yes. Um, yeah, I've got that. I've, I've had that on the table many, many times. And I just, I really enjoy that. Um, you know, it's got that 
sort of, I know Tom Russell's probably going to say it's not States of Siege, but it's got a little States of Siege DNA in it. And, uh, but I love it just for the, uh, I mean, if you're, if you're at my age, you know, you get that 80s vibe. I grew up in that time where, you know, Clancy was at his height with Red Storm Rising and Red October. Yes. You really get that roaring over the full to gap kind of vibe. And, uh, and it's a brutal game, right? So um, I've had that on the table. I played that already like, I don't know, 10 times. Um, you know, not, not a high win ratio, right? But um, I enjoy games like that. Um, I don't have a lot of other States of Siege stuff on the table, but uh, that game is... Tell me about the decisions that you make in that game. I, I, I have it. It's in shrink. It's in my closet. I can see it now, but uh, yeah. I intend to take it out. And of course, I bought Red Storm from GMT and I've perused that, but... Right. And I'm sure they're very different, but but what are the interesting decisions that you find in that game? Yeah, and they are very different. I mean, Red Storm is a lot more uh, detailed and, and finite, and, uh, you know, it's a, it's just got a lot more detail. But but NATO Air Commander is, uh, and I keep calling it NATO Commander, sorry about that, but NATO Air Commander is a game where, um, you know, you're playing at a, at a strategic level. I mean, I, I always feel like uh, basically, you know, I'm in charge of NATO Air Forces uh, during a potential 80s conflict between the Soviet Union and the West, and or the Warsaw Pact in the West, and... The decisions I'm making are um, are not only decisions against the Warsaw Pact, but I always feel like I'm making decisions against um, political elements of the West. I mean, I'm always getting requests by the game uh, to fulfill missions that I can't. Um, so there's there's this huge angst that occurs, right? I mean, I've got these resources, but they're ultimately finite. Uh, you never have enough, and and you know this is part and parcel of most war games, right? But in NATO Air Commander, it's 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 literally um, the life of the game. You're having to make decisions and take huge risks if you want to return. And most of the time, of course, those huge risks don't pan out. And even though it's 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 a bit puzzly, like any solo game, I find that um, I find myself, you know, uh, not yelling at the Warsaw Pact, but uh, but yelling at uh, the uh, you know the presidents and the prime ministers above me who are making requests that I, I just simply can't handle. Um, so yeah, I get a lot of vocal. I get a, I get pretty vocal when I play the game. It's really funny. Um, it's a, but but the evolving narrative of the game is what drives it for me. Uh, and, and like most solo games, if if I'm not producing a narrative um, that's fairly immersive. If I feel like I'm just solving a, a puzzle, um, it doesn't have a lot of resonance with me. So, uh, but that game, and I don't know, I, maybe it's the 80s vibe. Um, I like the look of the game. Uh, it's very, very portable, and I can just, you know, I'm I'm like Volko. I think Volko does the same thing. He puts a lot of um, maps and such uh, inside poster frames so he can move them around. I saw a tweet once that he did that he had a, a bunch of frames. I do the same thing, so I'm able to move things a lot. Um, you know, I've got my girlfriend and I have, um, uh, a cat and, uh, <laughs> you know, so I have to be able to move things a lot. So, um, again, it's one of those games that, uh, it pretty much gets a lot of table time. So does, um, you know, I'm, I'm currently breaking out Charlemagne, uh, also by Holland Spiele. And, uh, that's another one. Uh, it's got a good narrative. I really haven't delved far into it, but that's one of the things also on my table right now, set up and ready to go for this week. I like to do a dive into a game uh, traditionally, you know, not just play it once, uh, but, you know, get a good amount of experience with it, at least at the outset, uh, especially a game that only takes like, you know, 
30 minutes to an hour or an hour and a half. Right. Certainly uh, working through the learning curve and uh, taking advantage right. of the big investment in rules, understandings, et cetera. And, you know, and the good thing about um, a lot of the rule sets uh, for Holland Spiele games, especially Russell's rule sets, I mean, they are just cut to the bone. Uh, they're very, very, you know, not a lot of errata required. Um, so it's just, it's really easy to, uh, to get into, to work your way through immediately. And, you know, within 30 minutes, you're basically understanding the mechanics and all of a sudden you're playing and enjoying it. So I, I, I have, um, you know, those are always part, uh, a staple of my, my gaming diet, right? Uh, you know, war games, conflict simulations so that I can get to the table quickly. That's not to say that, you know, I play a lot of complex war or more complex war games, CDGs. So here's, here's a question for you. Mm-hmm. You, you seem to have a lot of, uh, or at least play a lot of Hollenspiel, at least, uh, you know, given the recap you just gave me. And I, I've got a bunch in my closet. I've played, you know, the, the uh, supply lines. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, I have that. Are, are, are some of my favorite games now uh, in quick yep. play. What, what's the magic? that? What's Tom, what's Tom doing right? I mean, you know, what can I say? I mean, Tom and Mary, I love you. I just, I love you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, you know, talk, talk about other infectious people. And, you know, even though that uh, Uwe and, uh, and Tom are, uh, I mean, they're, they're almost polar opposites in, in, in terms of, uh, <laughs> you know. But, but on the other hand, they're both extraordinarily infectious. I mean, I love listening to Tom and Mary. Um, but what's the magic about their games? You know, I think that's just it. It is a sort of magic. It's, it's a little bit undefinable. But if I have to, I would say that... Um, I feel their their games are uh, they're built for people like me. You know, they're they're built for people who, um, you know, I don't necessarily need a lot of you know component show, uh, but I need a really solid game that doesn't require a lot of um, editing or errata. And it's uh, all their games immediately as soon as I open them, uh, I can start playing them. I don't have to hit BGG or or start researching a lot to see what's changed or or what complete disasters have occurred right? because they occur right um, so I think just in terms of uh, clarity uh, I love their stuff and I love a lot of their subject matter you know supply lines right you know uh, this guilty land uh, you know uh, Tom seems like a, a, a person to me who's you know willing to tackle all sorts of esoteric subjects and um, you know and obviously, like with this guilty land, some some politically volatile subjects, and um, I really, really enjoy that. I think their games are just uh, they're off the hook, uh, and I like seeing them lined up on my shelf too. You know, they they have that they have that that interesting look, and it's they're also games that um, if I have them in a public setting, um, I don't know why they just, they they draw people in. You know, they're um, not super showy, but there's just something about their uniqueness, right? That when people see and see those games, they say, you know, what is this? You know, like even NATO Commander, I've taken NATO Commander into a, into a brewery with a friend uh, and just, you know, basically playing it a little bit co-op, uh, but kind of using it as a tool to, right, to bring people into wargaming. And people are always just mesmerized by, uh, by how they look. I and mean, they're just all so unique. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's interesting, right? They're not they're not the well, they're not they're not glitzy. Yeah, know? yeah, no, I think that's true, but 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 it's um, but that just speaks to the magic that's in the game. And, you bet, and you uh, bet. You know, I don't I, Tom Tom and Mary possess some sort of magic, and I'm glad they're using it for for good and not evil. 
Exactly. I mean, am I the only fan? I mean, I know I'm not the only fan, obviously, but like, I love his blog. I mean, um, the guy is producing content on such a regular basis, and and the podcast, the weekly podcast. I feel like I'm just sitting in their house. Yes. Yeah. You know, no. And you know, literally. I mean, literally, I'm sitting down with them, and they're just kibitzing over, you know, this just the week. No, and I laugh every time I hear. Uh, same. That same. This is Mary, and this is Tom, and this is our show. I mean, it, it's it's, uh, it's yeah, it's, dinosaurs, everybody. Yeah, exactly. Yes. One of the, one of the things I think that's really cool, and 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 it wouldn't it wouldn't be if if they didn't possess this magic, but the print on demand model means that yeah. they can do a ton of games. Yes, and uh, and and publish them in, in short order, and that's what they've done. And and the fact that they're great uh, and fun yes. to play and appealing for all the reasons you mentioned makes it better. But that you know, if, if it weren't for print and play it would be really hard to pull off what they're doing without huge amounts of capital and great risk and great you know, risk inventorying 5,000 copies of something or 3,000 copies of something. Exactly. And, and, you know, and Tom, um, and his stable of designers too. I mean, I also like, uh, um, the fact that, you know, like I'm always mesmerized by, uh, you know, people like you or Mark Herman or Volko and, and lots of other people, for instance, in the GMT stable. I mean, on-the-spot response to rules questions on BGG or Consim World. Um, if you have any questions, if you have any thoughts or, or complaints, uh, they're just right there. I mean, you always get an answer within a day. Uh, just for me, you know, whatever. I grew up in the 70s, 80s, right? Uh, you know, when you have to, you know, send a send postal mail to have a question answered, right? It might be a month before you got an answer, but still, uh, I'm just, I'm continually mesmerized by it. I'm, I think I'm a little bit like you. We talked at Pacificon. I sort of got out of gaming for decades, right? Yes. Uh, and then returned to it maybe, you know, six years ago. And uh, it's, it's, it's still all completely new to me, even though I've amassed hundreds of games, right? But, <laughs> but, you know, but uh, I just, I'm continually pleased by that, and, and again, Tom and his stable are, are they, you know, they're always on the spot with answers, and I, I really like that. No, it's yeah. it's uh, to to have re-entered just a few years ago, I guess five years ago for me, it's it was like it, it is like a kid in a candy store. I just can't believe Way. everything is available. Way. Yeah. So yeah, I love it. Yeah, yeah, no complaints. So what else? Uh, what else are you thinking about, or have you played recently? Well, I've got um, so. I decided uh, about two weeks ago, I set up Paths of Glory. Um, and I played Paths of Glory, um, I don't know, probably maybe under a dozen times, um, half those times solo. Um, but I've, I've broken it out. Um, I, like, I like doing a deep dive into that game. I still love it. Uh, I know it's an oldie but total goodie. And I have four of the people uh, also on the table. The same table, right? <laughs> Um, they're kind of spread out, right? So I, I'm I'm moving from place to place, but but allow me to say that that within that CDG family, and and I I love those two games. I just they really resonate with me. But I use something that, um, and I've used it for already two or three years now. To me, it's it's one of the little unsung heroes um, of the CDG world, and that's Stucka Joe's solo CDG method. I, you know, I see people talk about it, but um, I use it. Uh, uh, religiously, I mean, for for lots of games, even Command and Colors Ancients, and 
I think a lot of people approach it, they think it's a bot, but it's not. But any wargamer who's played schizophrenically, so to speak, and playing both sides, right? Um, this just adds, without too much mechanical overhead at all, uh, it really allows me to kind of dive in, into a, a greater narrative because it, it inserts an element of chance, right, within a, within a smaller circle of choices that really, really ends up presenting me with um, a much stronger narrative. And, I, and I'm sure it's altering the game a bit. You know, I've never really seen any, any designers uh, like Mark Herman, etc., or, or Ted Racer to, you know, maybe say it's altering the game in, 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 in one way or another. But I feel it's, it's awesome. I mean, you know, like most people, right, uh, when you play two-handed, I find myself always cheering for the losing side, right? I think most do. And then, you know, and that may switch, of course, many times during the game. I may be cheering somehow for one side, right? But but adding the CDG method, uh, that solo method, wow, that just, it really breathes life into solo uh, CDG gaming. And I, I'm surprised that more and more, more people don't use it, especially, I know a lot of people use Vassal. I do too. I'm, I'm definitely getting back into Vassal for the last two weeks. I think I've only played on Vassal like maybe uh, 10 times. I use a lot of Tabletop Simulator, though. Um, but not so much for wargaming. You know, it's funny. I, I, I enjoy playing God mode myself when I yeah. play solo, <clears throat> but that causes me to steer away from CDGs. And I, oh, right. And, yeah, exactly. And I'm aware, I'm aware of, of what Stuka Joe has done, but, uh, have not paid any attention to it, but you're talking me into it now. So I'm gonna have to put four of the people yeah. on the table and use, uh, use Stuka Joe's method. You'd be surprised, you know, uh, and it's evolved, right? He's had um, several iterations as it's grown, and I, and I really like the current state of it. And what I like about it is it's so open um, and configurable as long as you're not um, – again, it's, it's more of a guiding hand, you know, but it, but it does take some of that element of having to, like, play your utmost, you know, for each side and pretend that you don't remember what the other side is doing. So I, I really enjoy it. I use another tool – that I don't think it gets any traction in the wargamer community, but it's on BGG. It's by a by a guy named Chad Mestach or Mestag, um, but it's called a solo system, and it's just a series of cards, right? And it's basically a completely open-ended, uh, very loose AI, and it's got various little tiny decks, like a personality deck or a tactics deck, and I tend to use it even when I'm using Stucka Joe's method or other games I'm playing two-handed without the method, right? Um, like if I say, you know, geez, or, or, or these series of divisions going to attack this way or that way, I may just draw a card out of that deck. And it, it allows you to have uh, probabilities like, well, they'll very likely do this. And I'll draw a card and it may say, no, they don't do it, or yes, they will do it. And I find even a tool like that, uh, again, something simple to print out and use, right? No overhead. You're just drawing a card. But it helps. You know, a lot of people roll a die, right? You know, wh where, where are these units going to move? I'm going to say, you know, on a, on a five or a six, they're going to do something crazy. But, but this deck sort of ameliorates that die roll and provides, uh, you know, other avenues for exploring, uh, you know, other sides when you play solo. Like, again, like with a personality deck, they have things like... Uh, like a, a picture of Napoleon, like an aggressive military military player, right? Or a or a uh, you know a, a resource gathering sort of strategy. So, again, these are just all little 
little tools that I've used but are really coming to the fore now on the break, right? So I'm really pulling them out. When you mm -hmm. think about it, you have a number of options. And so it's really just kind of selecting between the options, right? And, of course. And, and that's what you're using. That's what we sometimes use the die for, but that's what you're using your cards for is to help you uh, help you decide who that opponent would, would select given not necessarily equivalence of choice, but, but a range of choices. You bet. You bet. And that, that's, that's why I, again, they're, they've been, uh, again, these are two methods I've had. I've realized I've been using them for about three years. And uh, like the first time I used Stucka Joe's method was with Washington's War. And I really enjoyed it. And it had, hadn't even been fleshed out as much as it is now. And the solar system is something I've just tossed in as sort of icing on the cake. Um, but either one, I, again, I'm surprised that many, many solo war gamers, and, and I would still say that the vast majority of war gamers are playing solo. Uh, I just think that's, that's just part of the deal if you're a war gamer, right? I'm surprised they're not, you know, used a little bit more. But on the other hand, I haven't been very vocal about it on, on various fora either. So, you know, maybe I should be, maybe I should be shilling for that stuff because that, that stuff is really good. Yeah, Rob, be the change you want in the world, right? You told me that at Pacificon, but dude, you know, uh, <laughs> and, and now I'm, I'm, I'm regretting that, you know, not really uh, pushing that. Uh, I have pushed a little bit. I, again, I, I had uh, posted on Twitter about uh, finding a war gamer that I, haven't, I hadn't, uh, you know, basically talked with in 30 years. Um, so uh, I've, I've, you know, started to uh, rope and then back into war, war gaming, and he's really enjoying it too. So, you know, there's always, you know, people to build on. He's local, and um, I'm still getting some, I'm still getting some face-to-face -face play even during the break. Right. So this is um, someone that you played with when you, when you first started. And this is someone I, I, I grew up with, right? And, um, you know, played, you know, all the Avalon Hill war games, SPI games. Um, you know, we were very much, in fact, I grew up wargaming basically 90% on the Pacific War. I mean, I played every pack war game. So I was a pack war junkie. I mean, you know, I hardly knew there was a European war when I was 12, <laughs> you know, so, you know, or the Eastern Front, what is that? So, uh, played a lot of that and a lot of the modern, uh, SPI stable, things like World War III and, you know, uh, NATO Commander. I mean, just a, a lot of, and a lot of the victory game stuff, you know, Sixth Fleet, um, but then all that, you know, it sort of vanished to uh, college, etc. Uh, same for him. And then, um, but uh, his parents lived nearby parents, and he just happened to stop by and ask what I was doing. And we've been, you know, exploring beer and uh, war games together. So it's it's been it's been a pretty rewarding experience. That's great. That's great. Yeah, that's cool. I've, uh, what else do I have? Oh, go ahead. No, I was I was just going to relate that I connected also with a friend. But, you know, I lived in Ohio, in Cincinnati when I was growing up, and that's where I played. And so I right. uh, moved away and, 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 well, went to college and then moved away and sort of left uh, war games behind and uh, games in general. And I ended up um, reconnecting with my old buddy Andy Nutgrass by uh, – by Facebook, um, and you know, unfortunately, we're not close enough to play something together, right? Uh, and I don't, I don't know if he's a vassal player, but uh, but it was really, it was, it was a treat, wasn't it? Kind of reconnecting with the with the friend that that remembers the old games. Yes, I mean, after you've gotten over the several dozen hours of recounting ridiculous stories of when you're young, yeah, then when you dive into gaming, it's a, it's, it's really interesting and rewarding. Just uh, the memories of games. Uh, the memories of of being confounded by rule sets and and house ruling so many things. I mean, 
I don't think as many people do that anymore, right? Uh, I certainly don't, right? I mean, there's just a lot more clarity and the ability to access designers. Um, but a lot, a lot of solid memories. I'm terrible, Rob, about house ruling stuff. I change everything. Terrible in what sense? You change everything. Change well, you're a designer, dude. You're a designer. Well, I, I just, I just, I feel, I don't feel encumbered by the rule set. That's awesome. Uh, I don't know that's if that's awesome. good or bad. Uh, I think it's good. I mean, I, I don't want to call myself an absolutist, but I do like a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I do, I do enjoy clarity, but, but I would agree. I'm not that kind of person who will completely stop a game because I don't understand a rule and I can't get an answer. I, you know, I'll just move on. So what do you do? Um, what do you do after you've been playing for an hour and you realize you've been playing something wrong? Does that ruin it for you? It doesn't ruin it for me. But you know, I mean, we play some complex games, so uh, I'm not a believer in um, in any sort of analysis paralysis when it comes to rules. Uh, I have a, I basically have a simple rule: um, just move something. <laughs> you know, move something. I actually think I. I I got that term from um, Big Board Gaming, you know, Kevin on the Big Board. I remember him saying something like that in one of his videos, like, for God's sake, just move something. You know, don't get um, – I think, I think a lot of uh, conflict simmers uh, suffer from a little bit of perfectionism. It's not perfect. It's not perfectly played. You know, everything comes to a screeching halt. Um, but you're right, you know. And, and again, it's understandable. I mean, these aren't two- or three-page rule sets generally, right? But uh, – but while I may not house or anything or change anything the way I want, I, I will move on or interpret the rule the way I need to in, in the best way I can historically, etc. Uh, so I don't get caught up. I mean, will I, you know, I might hit BGG for something, but if I spend more than two or three minutes looking up something, I just, I move on. I'll eventually get it anyway. Right. You make you know, your I, and, and, Right. And I'm not immune to discovering like, you know, <laughs> you know, 10 months later that I've been doing something wrong. <laughs> Yeah. And I enjoy that. Actually, I actually enjoy those moments. Like, oh my God, it's a new gaming, you know? Right. It's a revelation, and and uh, I exactly. want to go back and play it with the new rule as I understand it. Yeah, I you think bet. Uh, I think sometimes we have a put a standard of perfection on ourselves as it relates to understanding the rules, and they're so complex, and there's so much to remember that we make mistakes all the time, and and if we hold ourselves to that that perfection standard, I'm not sure we. It's just not going to be any fun. Yeah, it isn't. It isn't. And, you know, I, I just realized that I put a just I put a piece of paper in almost every war game I've got, just stuff I've jotted down, you know, just to kind of jog my memory if I open the game three months later, you know, little things that might have confounded me before. So I'll just jot down some notes. So most of my games have a little piece of paper in it, basically, that I just, um, you know, again, things that might slip or things I might not have understood originally. Um, I just have them, you know, ready to go. One of the BGG entries I love uh, more than anything is um, frequently uh, forgotten rules. R right. Yes. Of what, regardless of what game it is, uh, that just appeals to me so much. I love to read those because uh, it just seems that we're all missing the same complex niche issues. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And I, I'm so uh, I, I'm just I feel blessed all the time. I mean, they're they're. Uh, even if even if the designer doesn't immediately chime in, there are some real sharks and experts out there that uh, are on the spot answering questions. Um, so you do get a lot of clarity, you know. Yeah, yeah, more than we would, as you said before, when we had to send a self-addressed stamped envelope to to Avalon Hills, Baltimore. Office. Yeah, love those days. <laughs> awesome. Yes or no? Binary question. <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh my god. Impossible. So what else? What else are you playing? Well, um, okay, so I have, um, I've got 
both PAX games. I, I played PAX Premier yesterday solo with Wakan. Um, and I played PAX Perferiana that I, I just got my own copy of it on, on the latest reprint. So, um, I'm just a huge fan of those two games. And, uh, I've got, I've got an outside, you know, I'm using Ricky Royal's AI or, or bot, whatever, for PAX Perferiana as well. Uh, but I love Paneer. Um, uh, I love Cole Wherley. I mean, I love Cole Wherley. <laughs> yeah, no, he's something special, isn't he? Something special and unique. I've got, um, I'm playing Oath, you know, which I kickstarted. I'm playing that on Tabletop Simulator. Um, again, just kind of going through the mechanics and, and, and going through it. And I mean, that guy's like a, he's like a ludological Paganini. I mean, the guy can just throw up game components. I, I know it takes an enormous amount of research, but it always just strikes me that just one of those guys that can, you know, sell me a box of Lucky Charms and area control game, and I know it'll be good. I mean, it's just <laughs> so, so good. So I'm enjoying that a lot, and I'm probably going to get a lot of uh, both PAX games played. I'm trying to explain, too, to, uh, to a girlfriend about uh, PAX Premier, and these are games that, um, you know, they've got a huge decision space, and I think that's what, um, that's what may turn people off a little bit at the beginning, but... I found each time that I played that with, with, with people who haven't played a game like that, uh, they really start to embrace it and their brain starts to go on overload, but they realize it's so pleasurable. No, it's it's one of those games where your strategy has to evolve continually. And, yes. And you can't sit down with a strategy and expect to win. You have to be able to move. And <clears throat> some people don't like that, and that's okay. Right. But, boy, I love it. I absolutely love it. And on the topic of Cole Worley, let me say, play packs all you want, Noth all you want, but John Company is the gem, and uh, I love it. And he, um, and that's another great, great game with a bunch of people because it's all negotiation and just yes. blasting each other. And um, he was here in November last for the San Diego Historical Games Convention, and yes. I interviewed him. Uh, you know, I, I trust him to take great care and to, to do a renovation right, but we talked a lot about the renovation. Oh wow. Of John Company, and and I'm I'm actually excited. I think some of the some of the the, the weird little things that um, uh, opportunities he's going to take advantage of, and I'm looking forward to that. Oh yeah, me too. Because I didn't get a copy on the first run, so I'm very excited. Yes. Very excited. Yeah, and and you you talk a lot about that game, um, you know, uh, on social media, etc. Um, and a lot of people have. It's just it, it's definitely a, again another unique game. Yes, you know, right out, right out of uh, Cole Rarely's head. I mean, just just a lot of good stuff, a lot of good stuff. So I'm looking forward to anything that guy produces. Agreed. I mean, uh, and he's young, you know, uh, literary, um, just super talented. I mean, there's a, you know, I don't know. Most game designers that I buy games from, I really admire. They all seem like sort of magical wizards to me. <laughs> and I won't let anybody take that image away. I mean, you know, it's just it's a lot of wizardry for me. I'm not a math guy either, right? Right. Um, and I know you are right. Uh, so th there's going to be a lot of a, a, quite a different take, but um, I'm sort of a, a fiend for lore, um, and I like um, I like all that the narrative building exercise that goes on in my head, where the mechanics sort of vanish. Uh, so I'm very much attracted to the games. Like I think that's why I'm basically attracted to historical board games in general because they have such built-in lore. You know, um, just you know. I, you don't need any world building because the world has been completely built for you with all sorts of opinions on it. Um, I, I, I always recall, I remember listening on a podcast to Charles Vesey 
and he mentioned something. On, I, it was the War Games to Go podcast, but uh, and I'm paraphrasing, but it was something about historical board gamers being an interesting species, right? They'll buy a war game or a historical board game, and they may not even play it, but they may just set it up, review the elements, read rules, and then they buy a book on the subject, right? Right. And then that book leads them to delve further into the game, which they might set up again, which might lead to buying another book or another game. And it's this, it's this constant circle of reinforcement, right, where, you know, knowledge is built on a subject and then, you know, historical possibilities explored on the board. And I'm still going through that. I, I'm, I'm still continually in that circle, and I just – I love it. I love it. Rob, that's probably a, probably a great place for us to stop. I, uh, sure. I appreciate you taking the time. And uh, and talking about what you're doing, very always very interesting and uh, great to hear. Great to hear from you. So so thanks again for taking the time. Hey, no, no, thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. And hey, have a good weekend, Harold. Uh, I want to wish uh, you and your girlfriend and your cat uh, good health and good times through this uh, challenging time. Hey, I appreciate it. And you know, you and your family too, and any gaming group you have. Hey, all my best. Awesome. Thanks, buddy. Take care. Take care, Harold. Bye bye.